Hello, and welcome to The Unique CPA. I'm your host, Randy Crabtree. The goal of our show is to keep you at the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with fascinating leaders and bringing you their stories, insights, and advice. The Unique CPA podcast is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, our guest is Greg Skoda. Greg is co-founder of not one, but two top 100 accounting firms, including Skoda Minotti, which is a Cleveland area-based firm, which he recently merged in with Markham, which is a New York headquartered firm. Skoda was top 100 firm. Skoda Minotti was top 100 firm, and Markham's a top 20 firm in the country. But not only did he do that, Greg co-founded the public company, CBiz, in 1996, and over a two-year, which I'm assuming was an exhausting period, uh, he researched more than 2,000 companies and completed over 135 acquisitions, creating a firm of over 5,500 employees. Greg, welcome to the Unique CPA. Thanks, Randy. Look forward to talking with you today. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. I've, you and I have met a handful of years ago through uh, both of our affiliations with LEA, uh, Leading Edge Alliance and Association of uh, CPA Firms. And uh, I've always been intrigued uh, with your story. So I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to discuss this with you today. The first question I have, or the first thing I really like to get into is, well, obviously, you know, you've, you've had this knack of building uh, fairly large firms, but one of the most unique uh, situations I've ever heard of is the C-Biz and how you went about that. So let me set the stage and you can correct me where I'm wrong, but uh, prior to C-Biz in 1996, you had already had a firm, which was a very similar name to the, I'm assuming, it, what was it, Skoda Minotti Reeves? Correct. Yep. And, and you somehow ran across some individuals that were looking to grow uh, this public company and you got involved and, and it just this whole two-year time frame of what you did is, is intriguing to me. So, so give me a little background on CBiz and how this all came about. The, thanks, Randy. The, more, more than happy to. Sort of the beginning of the story, and I'll do this quick, is I, I originally started our first firm in 1980 and I bought a small one and a half person firm from my father. Uh, it, was a, it was a small write-up firm. And you know, with a vision of how do we help people build and grow businesses? And oh yeah, by the way, we're accountants. And the, that business model took off for us. And what we did throughout the 80s, and, and we, were, we were listed in a, a number of national publications at the time as one of the most distinguished firms in the country for what we were doing. The other thing we did, which was pivotal to our future, was along with a group of clients, we, it was a tough insurance market in, in the mid to late 80s. And we ended up starting an insurance carrier alongside of the CPA firm. And so we were building Scott and Renati Reeves. And we ended up building an insurance carrier, which became a group of insurance carriers by the name of Century Surety. By, by 1990, we had thought we'd, we'd grown the, the insurance business enough to take it public. And I was a minority shareholder in, in, that, in that group of companies. Um, and one thing led to another, and we came to a conclusion that we weren't big enough to take it public, uh, but we were big enough to be public. And the way to get there was do a reverse merger. So we, we looked around and we found a small public company we'd actually written some bonds for by the name of Republic Waste. And Republic Waste in 1989 did like 20 or $30 million in revenue. They were a NASDAQ listed company and they really weren't going anywhere at the, at the time. 
we cut a deal to merge the our insurance business into into the public company, only to find out the day before we were supposed to close that transaction that a gentleman by the name of Mike DeGroote, who Mike was the founder of Laidlaw um, and the co and the co-founder of Blockbuster Video, um, had bought control of Republic. Um, he had sold his interest in Laidlaw a year earlier for. Uh, two or three billion dollars, and he was looking to get back into the game and told us he didn't want anything to do with the insurance company and we weren't going to close the transaction we were supposed to close tomorrow. And everybody sued everybody for three years. Um, we continue to run the insurance business. We continue to run, run, run the accounting firm, grow the accounting firm. And 1995, 96 comes along and we, DeGroote has grown Republic into like a $5 billion company doing acquisitions. And in in Mike's career, Mike did somewhere in building Laidlaw and Republic, somewhere between 800 and 1,000 acquisitions. Wow. They sold their interest. He and, and his partner in, in Blockbuster Video, Wayne Heizanga, sold their interest in Blockbuster Video for like three quarters of a billion dollars. And timing was right. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayne, uh, Wayne joined Mike in Republic um, with the notion of they were going to go build. Uh, Mike had built out a waste business uh, to put the, the business that people know as Republic Waste. Um, and he owned a, a mortgage company. He owned ADT Security uh, and a variety of other things in, inside that business. And the notion was they were going to get into the used car superstore business. And they bought a, they bought a small platform that they could build from. Uh, and they, they tried to tried their hand at that for a cup of coffee, ended up deciding they wanted to get into the new car business. And at the time, there was no such thing as corporate-owned dealers in the United States. They're pretty much family-owned. Um, and they went to General Motors, and to make a very long story short, ended up buying National Animal Car Rental, put it in Republic. They were a big customer of GMs, and GM said, oh, well, you know, they, they eventually allowed them to have corporate-owned uh, dealers. And AutoNation was born inside, inside Republic. Um, when they did that, Mike and Wayne decided they'd kill each other if they stayed exist inside the same public <laughs> company. So Mike wanted to start the way he views in startups. Um, he wanted to start something else. So they dividended out a small, uh, a small public shell, not dissimilar than the original waste business we wanted to buy. So it had the same shareholder base, the same analytical following, didn't really have much of a business in it. And we ended up merging our insurance business um, the one that we sued each other over five right. years earlier into the public company. We announced that transaction in May of 96. Um, and it took us until October of 96 to get through the SEC and everything we had to get done uh, to close that transaction. When we closed that transaction, Mike had asked me to come in and be CFO of the public company. Um, and I said, I, I really don't want to do that. Right. Um, and he said, why? What do you have that's so much better than this? We'll show you how to make a bunch of money. And I said, well, I've been working on this model for 16 years, and it's really how do, how do we help people build and grow businesses? At its core, we're an accounting firm, but we're in a variety of other businesses that are all that are all targeted to how do we help people build and grow their business. And we left that meeting. He said, oh, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want anything to do with an accounting firm. I said, you don't really get it. It's not about an accounting firm. It's about how do you help people build and grow their business? Um, and it's value-added services. And by the way, yes, we do financial statements. We do tax returns. And uh, we'd like to think we do them as well as anybody on the planet. So we, we left that meeting sort of unagreed. Um, and he called me a couple of weeks later and said, you know, we did some research. We think you might be right. You might be able to do this. And so 
we cut a business deal to really become the first CPA firm that ever figured out a way to, to get public right. um, and, act, and access the capital markets in that way. And the, I said, but there's one detail. And they said, what's that? And I, I said, in order to own an accounting firm right now, for the most part, you need to be a CPA. And I need to change those rules if we're going to make this work. And he said, how are you going to do that? And I said, I have an idea. Um, we spent a fortune with lawyers. We work with the ACPA, the SEC, the Attorney General's office, and we we got we got we got a no action letter signed off on. They'd let us go. Nobody would bother us from going to build our business model. Wow. And so, the the other complication was at the time, and still, uh, accounting is a state regulated industry. Yep. And so, in order to get to non CPA ownership, we had to go state by state to the accountancy boards which was a blast. And we were the case of first impression. And around that time, American Express tried to get into it a little bit and H&R Block started to get into it a little bit. And, and we were pretty much the first, the, the first company in every state that we tried to get into. And it was 40 some states when we were done in that two year period of time. And we, we got licensed. Um, we ended up getting, you know, getting permission to, uh, to go ahead and do what we wanted to do. And we ended up getting licensed in, in 40 some states wow. as, as we walked around. And we actually hired somebody out of the attorney general's office in, the, in Ohio to run around all the other states because they were all his friends and, and, help, us, and help us make that possible. And so we, we had to do that on a state by state basis. So we start the public company essentially in December of 96. And the mission was first, we were going to sell off the, the, the small little waste business that was in it. We eventually renamed the company, which was originally named International Alliance Services to, uh, to Century Business Services with a ticker symbol of CBIS. And we start down a path and we started buying accounting firms and insurance agencies predominantly. And then we, we layered in some other things along the way. The, when you partner with a couple of multi-billionaires who have made their, made their way in the world by way of acquisition uh, and... You know, so between them, you know, thousands of acquisitions and sort of the the force feeding. Um, and we used to talk about it like, you know, this was like drinking martinis through a fire hose. But it became a, a 24-7, 365 adventure of building a team and making things happen. And the team that we built, eventually we looked at a couple thousand firms and we ended up doing due diligence on 800 some firms. We bought 135 firms in two years, uh, the two years I was running the company. And we built it from really the firm we started with, the Scott and Reeves firm we started with had 70 employees. And two years later, we had 5,500 employees and 240 some offices right. um, in 40 some states. And we've taken a company from essentially almost no market cap public company up to a uh, low $2 billion market cap. That's and impressive. It was a wild ride. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just a wild ride. Oh, I can't, I can I can't even imagine. I mean, did you, were you ever home or were you ever sleeping in that period? Not, not a lot. And in fact, what sort of got, what sort of got to me near the, sort of near the end of my tenure there um, was one of my young, young children at the time um, looked at my wife and, and asked the question, um, mom, where does daddy live? Oh. Um, and, and you thought about it, if I was ever in town, I'd get home after dinner 
and I'd leave before school. Right. And, you know, I might see him for a day and, and a weekend. And it was like, it was crazy for two years. It was, and I needed to, I, I needed to end it after, that after was, a couple of years of what we did. Yeah, um, I, I can a, understand. It was a great ride. And, and so, so a couple of things I want to point out about what, what you just shared there, which is amazing. I'm like, you know, listening to this, I'm just, I'm like thinking, I, just entranced in what you're saying. I'm thinking, wait, I got to ask another question down the road here. I got to be prepared. This is just unbelievable. So, so first, first public CPA firm, has there been others? I don't even know this uh, uh, since then. Is, are they the only public firm? Not of any scale. There's, there's been a couple of things that have tried. There, there've been a number of folks that tried to try to do it for one reason or another, couldn't, couldn't get there. And then there's some small ancillary things, but not in the same way. Um, H&R Block was in the business um, right. for, yep. for a while. And the so that would have been probably the closest to what we did. Uh, American Express was in the business for yep. a cup of coffee. Yep. That would have been similar to what we were doing. As far as I know, American Express is out of that business. H&R Block is out of that business. Um, and, you know, sort of CBIS was sort of the, the one that stood the test of time. Uh, and, and American Express, what did they, didn't somebody do something with, with a fairly large firm or am I misremembering that? No, they did. No, the, the large firm was H&R Block. Okay. H&R Block, they picked up McGladrick. They were, at the that's time, what I was thinking. They yeah. were like a 250 or $300 million firm and they were the underpinning of, of what H&R Block was doing. Yep. Yep. And, and now, and that they've you know, separated that now, right? I mean, they're no longer, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. All right. So eventually, they, and eventually H&R Block, H&R Block acquired what American Express did. So American Express acquired a number of firms and they eventually, they eventually had a transaction and they moved inside H&R Block for a oh, while. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is that still the case then? No, well, no, that, and then they, then they separated. I yeah. mean, they, right. they, you know, the, uh, all right. And then the other thing that, that, that I got out of that, well, two other things, just the whole, I mean, I grew up in, I mean, grew up, I've been in public accounting quite a long time. You know, I sold my practice or merged, merged my practice in with another firm in 06 before we started Trimerit, you know, so I stay in tax now, but I was always the, you know, you had to be a CPA to have ownership of a CPA firm. And then, you know, now, I mean, I've talked to, you know, a handful of managing partners on the show, even um, of top 100 firms that aren't CPAs. And I always wondered where that came from. That came from you. You yeah. created this ability for CPAs to, for non-CPAs to be part of public accounting. That's amazing. Well, I think the, you know, the business has evolved a lot. Certainly. Certainly I'm a CPA and, and it's still am today and you know, do practice with some clients again. I mean, that, that, that's sort of the fun part for me, but the, these firms turn into businesses um, and they, they turn into you know, in multifaceted businesses. So, you know, we have partners in we have partners in firms all over the country now that, that have different specialties. I mean, some of them might be technology, some of them might be marketing, some of them might be staffing, some of them might be, you know, a whole range of businesses. And, you know, they own pieces, parts of this business. And, you know, certainly CPAs don't have the franchise on running business as well. Um, I mean, there's a lot of other folks that, that have skill sets that, that really lend it. No, that's not right. All right. Maybe there is, <laughs> but that's the other thing then that I got out of that, that, that story is that, you know, we used to be in my mind, tax and accounting, and now we're advisory firms and that 
again, in my mind, came out of what you did too, growing this. It wasn't just tax. It wasn't just accounting. You had insurance. You, you know, probably had payroll. You probably had other services that went in as well. And every firm out there, at least of any size, is doing that now. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving you credit for that as well. I mean, <laughs> um, was that, was that? I mean, it obviously was, but there was probably some of that going on, but never to the scale that you did. Correct. Yeah, I, I think at the time certainly we were the we were the the first group that did it at scale, uh-huh. um, and took a lot of criticism early on for doing that. I mean, oh, I'm sure. Back, if you went back and pulled the accounting today's and whatever, I mean, there were there were fans and there were fans and not fans of of what we were doing. So yes, we did have payroll. Yes, we did. Yeah, you know, we did have marketing. Yes, we did have staffing. Yes, we did have wealth management. Yes, we. I mean, we we added a, a wide range of things, and frankly, it was it was born out of those are the things we were talking to our clients about. Yep. And if we were talking to our clients about it, we wanted to control the quality, we wanted to control the deliverable. And you don't have to you don't have to think about it really long to you make the life insurance referral to XYZ insurance agency and you know that person makes a 20,000, 50,000, 70,000 dollar commission and you get paid for an hour. Yeah. I mean, right. right that right. didn't seem to work. That didn't work well with us. Right. And so the more of those things that we could bring in and, and control, the, control the quality and the deliverable and, and have a, a shared economic interest in seem to be better. Now, we've got all kinds of independence rules and things that we've got that we had to sort of architect our way around. And, and firms still do in, in, in ways that they deem appropriate. But, it, you know, getting to a place where the uh, it, you could really add all, as much value as possible to our clients was always the key. All right. So that that's just unbelievable. Just the whole history. I'm finding out all the history that I've known of accounting yeah. uh, and, and how we've gotten to where we are today in this conversation. So I'm just thrilled with this. So, but I'd be remiss. I mean, I could, I could, you know, cut this conversation now, which I don't ever want to end this conversation, but I could cut this conversation now. Uh, but I want to, I'd be remiss if we don't go into what then happened after, because after two years, it sounds like it was about two years, you know, a burnout is probably a good uh, word to use. Sounds like you took a little time off, but then the uh, the uh, the building acquisition itch, you know, back into public accounting seems to came back. So what happened after the after you left CBiz? The we spent a couple of years uh, working on some private equity uh, things that we had, and I got in the best shape of my life, and <laughs> the and you know exercised exercised a lot more. And in late two thousand. Um, the guys that were running the public company called and asked if uh, if I wanted to come back, and I said no, I really didn't. And they said, well, um, we want to get we want to get out of the insurance carrier business. And the would you guys have an interest? And again, I was a minority shareholder on the carrier side, and so talked to our original partners, and the original group had an interest. And so we purchased the insurance carriers that we had merged oh, wow. into the company in late 2000. And when we did that, and I'll just, so I can run that story out. I mean, our, our, that group, um, we ended up, uh, there were three carriers. We cleaned them up, took the largest one public again in 04. I did not have a role in the, in the public company, part of the ownership group, but uh, the, you know, the team grew it till 08 and we sold it in 08, uh, the largest of the, of the carriers. And then we kept two that we ran a second one and we sold it about five or six years ago. And then there's a third one we own today in, 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 in variety of different products. 
but to sort of go backwards, um, then after we bought the insurance carriers back out, my some of my accounting partners came to me from the original firm, from the original Scott and I Reeves firm, and said, "Hey, if you're not going to come back, we'd like to we'd like to start something else." And I went and made peace with the guys that, that were running the, the public company, and I took about 15 guys out of the original firm hmm. uh, from my original firm and started over. And you know, originally wasn't going to get involved in sort of the day to day. We ended up picking a name and but the name in the mar- in this market in in, in Ohio, Scott Minotti meant something. Mm-hmm. Um Reeves semi-retired and moved to Florida. And so we started the firm as Scott Minotti, and then it's sort of like it had my name on it, so now I had to make it work. But I said I, you know, I didn't want to travel seven days a week again. And I wasn't really interested in building a national firm at that point in time in my life. My kids were still younger, um, and I wasn't gonna be gone again. And so we, we set out to sort of build a brick at a time, and frankly, more of a lifestyle business in the beginning. And then as time went on, uh, as my kids got older, you know, we do an act, we do a small acquisition here, small acquisition here, um, sort of really built out not only the accounting firm, but, you know, really lived sort of true to ourselves. How do we help you build and grow your business? So we got into the technology business. We got into the marketing business. We got into the staffing business. We got into the wealth management business. And so we started to, to build all those things around. Fast forward to, to really um, a couple of years ago, and I had met Jeff Weiner, who, who's the CEO of Markham, and yep. really the, the architect and, and uh, builder uh, there. And uh, in the early 90s, we tried to buy Markham when we were doing Sebas, but Markham wow. was little. Okay. Um, okay. And um, we that, did, that didn't come together. It wasn't right time or place. And we ended up in the same association by happenstance and Leading Edge. Yep. Um, and Leading Edge, uh, you know, really sort of reintroduced us. Um, and we had some conversations for a couple of years. And, and we started, you know, our partner group in, uh, at Scotiamati started talking about life and where we were and what, do we, what did we want the next five or 10 years to look like. So we had grown the business to about 60 million in revenue across all our businesses. And we said, you know, we can spend the next 10 years going from, you know, the next block of years and go from 60 million to 600 million. And, and I said, I already did that once. And I said, right. I don't want to do that again. Um, and I'm not going to be gone for that. I said, so we really got a couple of choices. We keep building it like this. Um, or there's probably one firm out there that, that thinks like we think a little bit um, and is, is entrepreneurial and wants to grow and wants to make things happen that I'd have an in, that I'd have an interest in, and the interest that I have in it would be you know do we if we were to put this together everybody's got to be on the same page and you know we've got to go down this path so we spent the better part of probably a year a year and a half looking at did it make sense to did it make sense to to merge uh, merge our firm um, into Markham and essentially be that $600 million firm again and grow right. it from there. Right. Sort of where I left off 20 years yeah, earlier. Right. And, you know, one thing led to another and we, we involved, you know, a, a number of layers of our staff. I mean, our managers and senior, our senior managers, we met some people from Markham, our, our principals that met people, um, our partners met people. And, and we sort of poked around at this and we eventually put a transaction together uh, in December of a little bit more than a year ago now. Right. Right. Um, and so, you know, we're just, you know, 2020 was the first full year. I mean, so that was like 13 months of, uh, of, of a combined firm. And, 
the it's it's been you know for the for the folks we have that want to be part of something bigger and want to build from here it's, it's a it's a phenom- it's been a phenomenal platform did we have some folks that that wanted to wanted to be in a small firm and thought that we were too big at, at 300 people yeah we probably did and some of those people left but the to to be honest but the you know everybody who wants to grow and wants to grow aggressively and wants wants to take advantage of sort of the platform of a national firm uh, slash international firm. It's been great. I mean, we're, you know, in, in Markham, we're, I don't know, 25, 2,700 people these days. I mean, building rates are probably double what they were when I was building the firm in the first, right. in the first place. So you don't need 5,500 to do what we, what we did back then with 5,500 right. technology is right. a little bit different. Um, and so, you know, you can do it with, you know, right. 25, 2,700 people. So it's about, it's about half the number of people, people that we had, you know, we've got in, in, in Markham, we've got more large offices, Whereas in Cebus we had a lot of small offices, which eventually got consolidated. A lot of them, yep. Um, as, as they as Cebus built itself out over time, yep. And yep. so you know, today I'm spending my time probably about almost half of it on clients, which I love to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I didn't get to do when we did the Cebus thing, so I right. was out of the business essentially for five years. And I'd love to help people build and grow businesses. And the other half of my time would be sort of on firm firm affairs and firm matters and sort of how do we how do we build and grow the whole thing and you know working with working with Jeff's been uh, you know has been great you know we sort of you know we, we talk to each other there's sort of two guys alive that have built six hundred million dollar firms in the industry yeah, it's, right. it's he and I and yep. the yep. and so it's sort of fun to 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 be able to go back and forth and, and, and talk about life and you know I told them you know as we got together one of the, one of the best things about this for for both of us is I don't want his job. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's, it's Jeff's show and he's running and building and I'll help him. I'll help him for a while. Yeah. And, the, uh, and we'll go from there. Well, I don't know if this is a fair question or not, but how long is that while? Do you have a, do you have a plan? I don't have any idea. I no? mean, I have no predisposition. Um, you know, we're having, as long as I'm at, as long as I'm having fun, we'll keep doing it. Fun's and the, the key. Yep. you know, and we're doing some of the same things. I mean, you know, we've, you know, we're not only building the accounting firm outside of the accounting firm, sort of next to it. I mean, we have you know, there's Markham Wealth, um, and that's re- the platform for Markham Wealth. Really, was what we were doing. We were Markham really hadn't focused on the wealth business, and Scott and had much more. Okay. Um, so the leadership team we had in what was Orem Wealth underneath us is really the leadership team in Markham Wealth. So we're building that business out um, as well as sort of part of part of what we're doing. It's a great platform for us. Nice. Well, it sounds like you've got that passion for building and growing. And so that sounds like a a, a great thing to do. I, I've got about a thousand other questions, but we're going to have to stop uh, okay. uh, uh, today. So I, I appreciate your time. I'm going to, one thing I'm going to brag about is I got to sit at a table with you and Jeff. Um, I think it was last January in Vegas at a conference. So I can say I sat at a table with the two people who, built $600 million <laughs> firm. So, so at least I got that going for me. Yeah. So this, this was awesome. Believe me, we could go on forever. Um, before we uh, do, uh, there'll be one final question, but before any of that, any final thoughts on, uh, on, uh, I don't, I think we covered a lot, but on uh, where you are today and where. No, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the, for most of us on the, on the, on the, on the podcast who are CPAs, I mean, I, this is a great business. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's a great industry. You, you, you can build it into whatever you want to build it into. Yeah. Um, it's something that, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough and I'm fortunate enough to wake up every day excited, excited to get 
get out and make things happen. And yeah. and it's you know I really feel blessed in many ways that that we sort of found the in, found the industry and the and you know we've got a lot of great people in it and sky's the limit. Yep. And and you mentioned that you can do you can go ever wherever you want with this industry and 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 honestly part of that's because of what you built with CBiz from what I'm hearing because you know we were not as diversified uh, uh, prior to that so thanks for that I warned you ahead of time that we do do a final um, fun fact about our guest I think we found out about uh, 20 fun facts already but uh, I know water skiing is a big passion of yours you want to give us a little background on that no, I mean the you know and I didn't pick it up till late in life I mean I you know the I picked it up in my early early to mid 30s and uh, if anybody asks me what I would rather be doing at the moment I'd rather be slalom water skiing All right. um, and so we uh it, there's a group a group of folks that I ski with, and uh, and we we have a blast and love love every minute of it, and, and certainly family is most important. And uh, so you ask me about my kids, and we can talk for days. That's uh, no, I'm sure. And the but if you ask me what I want to do right now, I'd rather be water skiing. <laughs> so let me ask you this: I mean, in the Cleveland area, sure, you got some nice summer water skiing. Are you uh, going somewhere else in the winter to ski, or what's the what is the plan there? No, I mean, I, we, we ski, you know, I, I ski as much as I can and, and sort of there's our, our ski season is sometime in May, sometime in September. Right. Um, and, uh, try and try and get on the water uh, and we're early morning skiers. So we're out at sticks on the lake we ski on and, yep. um, it's a, we have a blast. Yeah, it's fun. It's I, I, I uh, mentioned to you before we started, I started water skiing when I was six years old and and been doing it forever, but I'm sure not to the level that that you are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, the legs aren't quite holding up like they used to. So I'm not yeah. sure how much water skiing <laughs> is left in my life. So before we wrap up, then um, you know, anyways, you know, obviously people are gonna you know want to know more about Greg and what you've done. I, I'm sure you know they can look at the website, LinkedIn. Anyways, people can get a hold of you or see what's going on with you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I'm an avid user of LinkedIn, um, and the so you know certainly reach out for me on LinkedIn. You know, all my contact information is on LinkedIn or on our website. Um, if people want to reach out, I'm happy to talk. Happy to talk to folks around the country. Well, great. This is again, uh, you know, um, from being a, a a public accounting fan like I am, uh, this was great for me. Hopefully, hopefully everybody else enjoyed listening too. And I want to thank Greg for being here, and I want to thank everybody for joining us today. And you can find all the links and show notes for today's episode, as well as more about Trimerit at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and join us for our next episode, where we'll be going beyond compliance into forging new pathways of delivering value to clients, diversifying your revenue streams, and leading-edge management techniques and styles. This has been a production of Twin Flame Studios.